liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Hello, everybody. This is episode two of Service Required. And with me today, I have Brandon. Yes, sir. I have Tristan. Hello, everybody. And I have Matt. What happened to episode one? <laughs> where, was, where was I on that? Uh, it's not even an episode. It's a uh, intro. Okay. Short right. intro. Yeah. Hello, everybody. So we'll let you introduce yourself a little bit here in a second. Um, yes, this is episode two, long awaited. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a few different things like chip shortages and, you know, why the car stuff. business is on fire. Yeah. Mm. But first, we'll let Matt introduce himself. Matt, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Give some background. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so my name's Matt, Matt Stevens. Um, Hi, Matt. <clears throat> Hello. Hey, Matt. Uh, welcome group. to the group, Matt. Thank you. Thank you. So, so welcoming here. Y'all are nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, car guy by birth, um, born in Germany. You were born in a car, Matt? Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. I was born Conceived in a... Conceived there, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I've, I've been in the industry for um, exotics to classics and everything in between. And uh, here I am with Carolina Auto Direct because we have some exciting inventory. And that was got me interested in the company. And here I am. And I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. All right, that was a great ad reading. Um, we originally wanted to call you the classic car guy, but I know you kind of wanted to uh, go a separate direction from that. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, not just classic. I've, I've spent a lot of time in the in the industry with classic cars, but um, I feel like my experience has been across the spectrum with uh, tuners, you know, Hondas. Okay. Hondas were probably my first love. Right. You put a you put a Honda Prelude or an Integra Type R in front of me. We're t- yeah, we can chat. Um, okay, Matt. So stereotypical question: Dream car, Look, Un- unlimited money. It's going to be a Lambo. I know that's cliche, but I did not I, see that one coming. It's, it's, really? I, 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 would, I didn't think you'd say. Are Lambo. you living in Miami when you purchase this Lambo? Negative. I'll stay on. I'll stay in Lake Norman. All right. Well, what yeah. kind of Lambo? No, no, no. no. I'd, I'd probably if unlimited money. You can find me in Tampa too, probably. All right. Well, what yeah. kind of Lambo? Definitely not stock. He's not going stock. I no, can he's going to have a twin turboed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, shout out to Underground Racing. They built oh, some amazing no. twin Hashtag ad. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, but no, on, honestly, the first Lambo I would go f- find would probably be a six gated six-speed LP640. I just want to clarify that we are not sponsored by Underground Racing. We are not. Um, That's right. But they are awesome. They do cool stuff. They build amazing machines. And I would have one of their cars. Two on top of a dozen other Lambos. Right. Lamborghini Miura, shout out to the OG. Countach. Honestly, that's I want to ask everybody this question. Dream car. Right when now. I was a kid, it was a Viper, but as I've grown up and now that I've had the opportunity to drive them, sit in them. You realize that was a stupid opinion? They definitely look cool. And you know, I When he was a kid, meaning like two weeks ago, so <laughs> Let me, a 2020 there's, is awesome. there's, Not all of us have had decades in the business, okay? We don't all have gray hair. There's no such thing as a wrong opinion. No, I just... But there is a stupid opinion in that. <laughs> <laughs> and now that I've had the opportunity to sit in Vipers and stuff, they're super... They're just not practical. I, I don't think that I could do that, so... Honestly, they do I, have a very weird seating position. Yeah, and with the side exhaust, I mean, at risk of burning your leg every time you get out of the yeah. car, and... It's just, just that those pedals... Right next to each other, super thin. I can't yeah. stand that. No, I mean, just practical, 
practicality of it, I just it's not there. So if a dream car for me, gosh, no oh, man, it's not a Mach-E. GT. I mean, those are nice, but the, if money's no no object, no, I'm definitely going beyond that. I mean, if we're maybe a, I really like the new Porsche Taycans, honestly. You know, that's um, topical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Brandon. Mine would be a Cobra replica by uh, by Backdraft. I know Matt knows about those guys. Mm-hmm. They make good stuff. Yep, looks yeah. classic, but drives like a modern car. I don't want to have to worry about a car. That I'm gonna take out and it's too hot out or it's gonna overheat sitting at a stoplight. I don't that's not my kind of car. I want something I can if I wanna jump out jumping in a hot day and just go cruise, I can't I have to worry like about it. Like a Mustang Cobra, you mean? Hmm? Like a Mustang Cobra? Yeah, Shelby. I like know. the old, yeah. never pegged you for a Cobra guy. Yeah. Not the Mustang Cobra. The the old the shell the old A C Cobra, yeah. the roasters. Mm, no. Um Yep. No top on them. You can put a soft top on them, but yeah. yeah. Yep. It's my dream car. It started right. with what about a, you, Alec? Uh, probably an R8. I was considering that. Probably an R8. It's not a bad choice. The front ends of those get destroyed so much by rock chips, it's unbelievable. Yeah, but ever since I was a little kid, I'm like, yeah, an R8. I used to love love the idea of an Aston, and then I got in Astons here, and I'm like, if I'm paying that much money, I'm I'm probably not going to get an Aston Martin. McLaren's I can get on board. McLaren would be cool. Yeah, Yeah, McLaren would be cool. that's that's, That's one I just can't. I don't know what it is. They do nothing for me. Hmm. They're, but they're a Honda Prelude, Aston, a Honda Prelude, no, get you going exactly. <laughs> and with an H twenty two, yes, yes. I tell you what would be cool, <clears throat> classic. I don't even. I'm not a model guy. I don't know names of models like a seventies Porsche. Ditto. Mm-hmm. With the wide body kit on yeah. it, yeah, yep. slant nose with yeah. the whale tail. Yeah, I'm so down for that. If I'm going a classic car, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go that. I would way. like I'm to get g- my birth year an eighty two Porsche, but you know, an money. Eleanor Mustang. Definitely like one of those in the like a deep green. No. Mm-hmm. Yep. All over that. Okay. Um, Maybe a nice saddle brown interior. Yeah. That'd be nice. Be nice. What's uh I thought if it was an Eleanor, it had to be a certain color combo and well, or no. it may be. Pe- know, but... pe- pepper gray with the black stripes are the from the movie Eleanor. Yeah. Um but Eleanor is a Shelby G T five hundred fastback. That's mm. with pepper gray black black stripes. The two cars we haven't had here yet. It's a Lamborghini. We've had a Lamborghini. We well, had like we had a Lamborghini for like a day, and none of us got to. I took pictures of it. It was the twenties. We had it for a few days. It was the twenty sixteen, the yellow. yellow yeah, but yeah, we Huracan. didn't. We didn't really do much with I it. Yeah. I want a banana. I want a Lotus. <clears throat> I just want to see one in person. I have a picture when I saw it at a car show, but it's not uh... like one of the new Lotuses. Just one of There's... the old, like oh oh seven oh eight Lotuses. Yeah. One of my favorites was. I, I used to be one of my dream cars. Used to be a Lotus Esprit. Spree. The twin turbo V8 in it. Mm-hmm. Overrated dream car is definitely a Bugatti. That would mm. be cool to see. Hot take or no? Over, that's an overrated dream car. I'll say this. Yeah. I I've, I've still have yet to see one in person. Really? I've never seen a Bugatti in person. Maybe there was one at a concourse event that I attended, but not like in the wild. No. Yeah. What about a Ford GT? Yes. Fans? Yes. The, the Ford GT? Yeah, I haven't seen one. The, I don't know that I've ever seen one. The new ones, yes. The well, I guess now we kind of have three generations. You got the the GT forty, which was the Lamar racer back in the day from the sixties. No, those are cool. Respect. Uh, then they they brought them back out in 05 and 06 with the uh, five point four liter supercharged V eight. Sound great. Um, I don't think it's something I would want to own. The newer ones with the EcoBoost Turbo V six that came out in twenty seventeen. 
two thumbs up. All right, I'm going to throw another one out there. Lexus LFA. I don't know mm. what that is. You don't know what an LFA is? Mm. I uh, have had the privilege to drive two of them. Um, one was a Nürburgring edition. That was actually the first one that we got in uh, my old boss. Uh, it was his personal vehicle. I didn't. So here, when they came out, I thought they were. Pre- I thought they looked like a pug. I looked at them. I was like, mm, no. I don't know about the looks on these. When you get in one, and this was twenty. God, what year was it? They came out twenty. 14, 15? It's been a while now. I mean, they're pretty dated. Now Lexus is, you get in a Lexus now, and it's like the LFA was when it first came out. So they they put all that DNA into the new cars. But when the LFA first came out and you sat in it, it had that updated interior, you you start to feel it. This one was white with red Mm -hmm. interior, you know, classic Japanese racing colors. Wasn't it a flop as far as sales? They spent a lot of money uh, developing them and engineering them. Uh, to where a sticker price was, I think it was like four hundred grand. It was around four hundred thousand, give or take. The, yeah. the Nurburgring edition, I think, was closer to five hundred. There was only, I believe, only five hundred of them made. Um, the sound of that engine, it, it, there's nothing else like it. Um, but as I was saying, that Lexus Toyota spent so much time. From what I understand, you can fact check me is there was so much money invested into developing this car and engineering it and making it perfect, as the Japanese want to do, that at their, selling them at their retail price, they didn't it make didn't any money. It was Toyota flexing. Toyota was just flexing, like, we can build a sports car, um, just like Seiko. Seiko can, you know, Toyota can make a Toyota Corolla that's very reliable, Seiko can make a $100 watch that's really reliable, but mm-hmm. they can also make the Grand Seiko, which is compa- compatible with Rolex. Yeah. Makes for sense. All the, yeah, yeah. For no, all no, the, that's a good, yeah. For all the watch nerds out there. <laughs> all right. So, pivoting to new 20, 2024 Hummer. Yeah, I said that. Oh, yeah, 2024. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First of all, how do we feel about a car company coming out and announcing this car three years before it's even set to come out? It makes me not very hopeful that we're ever going to get there. Yeah. Get where? To a release or a production okay. of, of the electric. All Have electric we forgotten Hummer. about the Cybertruck? No. Is that? Yeah. Exactly. Right. That's like, it's the but, Tesla right. model, though. Right. I mean, build the hype, get the deposits, I just, and then deliver the dream. I got more faith in GM actually delivering, and I'm not saying this as any sort of negativity towards Tesla, but I, I feel like that Cybertruck was definitely for hype. Definitely. Um you know, I I think that we live in a day and age where you see the the uh, the ad. the headline. Hmm. You see the headline, and then you know a day later, you've already forgotten about they're it. They're putting a lot of they're putting a lot of money into this. No, I thing, think though. I mean I you think, go to GMC's website. I think and we'll it's see a it. Three oh. minute long video. I think we're going to see it. My question is, do you think they kind of jumped the gun on the beginning advertising? Three years before the car is even set to come out, I think or do we do we think it not Matt? You know, I'm looking at an article right now that says 2024 GMC Hummer EV SUV Edition One reservations are full. I, I believe so. It. You know, they accomplished what they set out to do, but you know, just like with the Ford Bronco, you can put a reservation down and then change your mind and come back and collect that money. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, right. I'd be interested to see what what ends up sales when actually those come look out. Like. Yeah, I mean, like with the new Corvette when that came out, the 2020 Corvette, the C8, there was just so many reservations, so much hype that they put around that with the with the whole redesign, and then it gets here and it was like 
months before production or, or when these vehicles are going to be out, they're starting to have all this doubt of, you know, they're not going to do as well. And, you know, there was just so much doubt surrounding it. And ultimately, I mean, it, it plateaued out. It, they all, they did well. And, you know, they still sell for over sticker even now, but well, I mean, how do we feel about this price tag? Uh, pricing for the twenty twenty four hundred, it is starting at one hundred five. Yeah. Starting, yeah. starting. Yeah. It says the optional extreme off road package brings the bottom line up to one hundred ten five ninety five. I mean, they've definitely hit a higher price point, and the, they're they're shopping to a higher market. I mean, it's a it's a crazy vehicle for the purpose. Yeah, but look at the numbers it's producing. Yeah, what what is mean, the like zero to sixty horsepower? That, is like it's over eight or something. It's eight. Right? It's eight hundred thirty horsepower. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's stupid. But three hundred uh, miles is the range. That crab walk thing's pretty cool. I want to see that in person. I mean, I guess my general question is: Do we think that you know? No. The average. <laughs> do we think that the average middle class consumer is getting left behind in terms of all these new releases that are being beginning to come out? Well, the Hummer was always projected for a class above. I mean, it was it a was, gas guzzling. If we're if we're moving Arnold Schwarzenegger, man, that's. If we're moving, if we're if we're moving everything towards the EV world, right? But every EV that we see set announced is, you know, sixty grand and up, right? You know, are they forgetting about a market that's definitely there, ready to? Per, you know, America might be. Nobody wants. Europe's want, getting it. I mean, nobody wants to go start. You know, not their own shade, but a Prius doesn't excite many people, right? And you they're, know, they're definitely going to have to produce something else other than the Hummer. In, in, in a matter of electric vehicle to capture another class of, of the market. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing that we have competition, but it's like if you go look at Tesla Model 3, mm-hmm. you know, $30,000, but you add that autopilot package onto there, that's another ten grand. Yeah. So I just wonder at what point we'll see prices for this technology begin to, you know, lower. Or do we think it's just going to keep getting higher? Yeah, I think that's where it's going. I mean, $100,000 is not as... Like prestigious as it as it was before, like you're seeing more it's and more car truck now. Pretty much, yeah. you're right. But you really you get one loaded up enough. You don't have an electric vehicle class that's beyond that hundred thousand dollar threshold. I mean, yeah, you have Tesla, which is up there. You know, anywhere from fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty, maybe ninety. How much is the uh, Porsche? The Porsche Taycan is up there. So I, I, I guess yeah, for that instance, which but that's a new production this year as well, which they're ahead of of GM there because they already have wheels on the ground for that. I mean, they have those cars are driving down the road right now. And I yep. think those, those might even be high hundreds, maybe pushing two. I don't know. I'd have to do my research on it. You can fact check me there, but uh, I mean, Porsche has already built a name for itself on higher end. They already have vehicles in that price point. They know that market. They've yep. shopped that market. GM doesn't have a lot of vehicles in that market. That's a hundred plus thousand dollars. Do we think people are even excited for a new Hummer? Typical Hummer buyers, probably not. <laughs> Electric vehicle buyers, probably. Well, moving forward, you know, right now we're having to deal with chip shortages with the manufacturing of all of these vehicles. And it's not just in the automotive industry. You know, we're dealing with this in... Electronics. You know, electronics, like graphics cards and consoles etc etc you know video gamers and crypto miners exactly (laughs) we're everybody's struggling a little bit to get uh stuff put out so you know i just figured we would there's a resale market on this stuff by the way no of course um have you seen scalping prices i mean they're uh 
I know some of those NVIDIA graphics cards are yeah. selling for like five times over yeah. resale, retail nice. value. Mm-hmm. I might go rip open my laptop when I get oh, home. Yeah. yeah, I mean... a little gold in there. <laughs> so right now, uh, automotive manufacturers, they are beginning to halt production of all their new vehicles. Yeah, that's across the board. And my first question is, is do we think that that, coupled with COVID kind of beginning to transform the automotive industry i mean it's that and then the weather as well as the the blockades or blockages that they had in the ports um well my general question is is do we think that changes we'll see from these things are temporary or do we think that the automotive industry overall is due for a correction course into something completely new and different mm -hmm. the way cars are produced sold etc etc that's a that's loaded. a lot to unpack there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's Maybe. a loaded question. Because um, there's a lot of factors there. Yeah. I, I think it pushes uh, an article I was reading. You know, it, it mentioned that it's going to be a, it's going to create a huge push towards the EV market, like we were talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, just getting away with, you know, we're having to stop production now on these, the just gas and diesel engine cars that we're manufacturing because of the effects of COVID and everything with the chips, but. It's just pushing to, well, if we can get around that with the EV cars who, that may not need that chip, then you know, let's just make those and transform the market towards yeah. that. What's going on with the chips, Tristan? Because I know you did a little research on this. I mean, really, <clears throat> like Alec kind of mentioned, and I did as well, the, the earlier start of COVID, uh, just when places shut down, obviously that affected a lot of different industries. But, I mean, if you stop production at some point along the way, that's going to trickle down to – create a shortage of something i mean we saw that as simply as with toilet paper early mm -hmm. on um and so with it, that uh, i was just gonna say cars aren't something that you can just snap your finger and right. begin production again like yeah so i mean from what i've read um like ford it, they're trying to put together anything that was close to being done quote unquote finish putting together you know what they had and then just park them until they have the opportunity to put those chips in so, I mean, with that, the the plant shutting down, it's affected Ford, it's affected GM, Nissan, Toyota, Dodge, Jeep, classes are all you know all across the board. Even tractor trailers, Freightliner, Peterbilt. I, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true, too. I didn't even consider that. So, you know, when in the middle of COVID, used cars went just sky high. Everyone was buying up used cars. So what that did was create a funnel to push incentive towards buying new cars. So then after a few months now, everyone's purchasing new cars because that's where the deals are. Everyone, all these dealers are needing now used car inventory because everyone's purchased it all. So with that, they offer incentives on their new vehicles. Now there's a shortage on new vehicles because everyone's purchasing them all, but there's no, there's just no production. I think an article I read said that in one week Ford stopped production on 44,000 F-150s, which is, mm. I mean, that's their biggest cash cow. I mean, that's really... It's the number one selling vehicle in the country. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really going to hurt them, not to mention any of the other uh, franchise companies. So, you know, that's hurt us as a company. I know it's just hurting the car industry across the board with new cars and used cars. Um, inflation of these prices is, is unbelievable. These cars are selling at auction for over retail mm -hmm. at the auction. So, I mean, you know, customers that, that want a discount or they want to feel like they're getting a fair market price and a fair market price in this market is not going to be what it used to be. I mean, there's a lot of adjustment yep. going on right now. Agreed. Yeah. Why don't we talk about a little bit of the OVE, Tristan, we were discussing. Pair, coupling with all that is OVE, um, like Brandon mentioned, which is it stands for, uh, what do we say, Online Vehicle Exchange. Yeah. 
Um, and that's, you know, that uh, was a big chunk of us last month in March. Uh, we hit a record there, uh, taking a shot in the dark. I think we had 45 cars, give or take, that sold OVE. And basically what that means is that a dealer goes on uh, on that website, OVE website, and pushes a button to purchase it, and that's the end of it. Um, they pay for what we're asking, which in this market is the same thing we're asking our customers for. We have all those vehicles posted on there for retail price, and a dealer goes on there and buys it. Um, and as simple as that, it's done. And I think we had, like I said, around 45 or yeah. so. And you know, even this month in April, um, we've had three today. Yep, um, before I, lunchtime. Yeah, it was before noon. Um, so at this point, we've had nine or ten in the last three days um, and we're not even at the tenth of the month yet yep um, and i think so when i started here and you can piggyback on that i think we did maybe around three or four uh, total for the month yeah was I mean, our average numbers and yeah, now it's absolutely there was a time when it was multiple. definitely definitely less than 10 a month um, and now it's multiples of 10 every month is there anything else that we want to cover here i'm curious why you brought up the super things really you're just curious who yeah, you who's, know who's, who's down who's, in that camp. Yeah, who's you know? down in that camp? Yep, yep. And now we know. <laughs> hey. All right, so if we're doing a top five dream cars, a, oh, a, Mark, a Mark Four Super is going to be in my top five. Gotcha. Single turbo, well built, forged wheels of some sort. Does anyone want anything that's not well built? I mean, that should be a good Well, idea. meaning you it's can not fi- a backyard put together. You can find a crappy Mark IV Turbo Supra with high miles that's just been torn apart and put together five times. You're still going to pay freaking probably $40,000 for it for a crap one. But if money is no issue, I would I would go to, you know, the six figures for a good one. Jeez. That's, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're the market Pass. on those are going up. Mm-hmm. Pass. Until you drive one. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my ex wife said. <laughs> you far, are you old enough to drink? You've been married? No. <laughs> it's a joke. Got to. Uh, am I old enough to drink, please? Well, I'm surprised you didn't, uh, you didn't bring up the Ford GT with one of your dream cars. The new one, the new new. I don't know much about the Ford GT. I never really. I mean, I was definitely a Mustang guy and a Ford guy, but I never really got much into the GT. I mean, I watched the um, Ford versus Ferrari movie, which gave me a little mm. bit more insight to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really never knew much about the GT. I don't really keep up with it that much. Do you know? And I've never seen the Ford versus Ferrari movie, but good movie. Oh, you got to watch it. I, I, that's why I hear. I paid for it. Yep. Did really? Yeah. Um, People pay for movies. So. That that car, chassis P1046, the number two car, it, the one that actually got first place in that 66 Le Mans, is right here in Charlotte. Well, we're not in Charlotte. We're in Lincolnton, but Charlotte's not far away. That's located right here in Charlotte. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that. crazy. About 45 minutes away. Have you seen it? Yes. It was my old boss's. So is, he owns uh, it personally. So was uh, Optimus Prime and Bumblebee from the movie. We Rick just Kendrick. found out. Yeah. Yep, Rick Kendrick owns those. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. at the... At the end of I'm I'm gonna spoil the end of this movie for mm-hmm. you. At the end of that movie I know I know Carol Shelby won. <laughs> beyond that, um and this is more just for the cinematic feel of it, but at the end of it, I think he's driving that car and he's on this is after all the races are done, you know, this is just the end of the movie and he's going around the laps and um just there 
in the movie they show a scene where I think it was the because of the brakes, um, just with the speeds that they're going, the brakes catch fire and the vehicle catches on fire. And so that was kind of foreshadowing that they, like, when if you fast forward to the race that they're in, they actually change out the brakes during the race to try and prevent that issue from happening. I know there was there was an issue with the tires, and I can't remember the details on it, but there was an issue. I, I, I guess there was Firestone and Michigan. There was two different companies. I believe Firestone was one of them, and the team that, that had the Fords, the, the, uh, the GT40s, they were supposed to be running a certain tire, but they were having some sort of defect or something on it. Again, fact check me. And so they swapped to the tires that they knew worked, but upset their sponsors. And so there, there was some controversy there, if I recall. Could have been the brake issue, too. I mean, well, I just, that, that was the back in movie, an age they, when... They show the car, like, catching fire, and then he dies. So it's just like the car blows up into flames. Oh, wow. I read something that, and this is total speculation, that it could have been... Some people think it was like a suicide because... It was a course that he drove so many times. It was an easy turn. Yep. There was no way an experienced driver like that would have crashed on that turn. And I don't know if I can't remember if it was a crash or if it was a vehicle malfunction. But yeah, I because oh, it was like yeah, a training. We're talking during about training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after the '66 Le Mans, right? Yeah, it was after exactly. that race. It was yeah. God, what's his name? Um, and he dies. In it's it. right mm-hmm. at this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, from what I understand, yes, it was it was a brake failure on the track that he was so used to. Yeah, um, you are correct. Mm-hmm. I was going back to the '66 Le Mans that uh, there was a tire controversy. Yeah, um, but yeah, what was it like he, there? Where? What was it like at that race? It must have been crazy. I... <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean you were there. You were yeah. you were there. Watching, no, no, no. Right? I watched, there was a documentary that that I watched. Like, oh, I thought you made the documentary because you got some of the footage while you were there making the documentary for it. Negative, <laughs> negative. Because <laughs> you were you would have been about thirty at that time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> twenty twenty eight. Uh, how do we feel about the new Bronco? Mm. Looks like a Jeep on steroids. Is that a good or bad thing? I de- I liked it in in the previews and the advertisement, and maybe I still would. I haven't had the opportunity to be in one yet. Jeeps, I love the look of a custom Jeep. You can definitely make it look super cool. Riding in it, comfortability for me, not it. It feels like I'm in a tin box ride bumping down the road. Just can't do it, and I feel like I'm going to get the same ride quality out of a Bronco. I don't know that for sure because I haven't read it, or I haven't ridden in one yet. But that's what I feel like I'm going to get, Brandon. What I don't like is all of the the mock photos that came out before it. There were like hundreds and hundreds of different uh, like sketches and photos, so you didn't know what it was going to look like. And I feel like when it actually came out, it was kind of a letdown. I don't know if it's just the, the version that's come out is just a basic one, but I was expecting more of a off road looking. Yeah, I mean Jeep we do looking. have we do have two versions. We have the Ford Bronco, and then we have the Ford Bronco Sport. Now the mm-hmm. Sport is that's more just like an Explorer. That's like an Explorer. Of. Okay, yeah. yeah. And then the Bronco is the you know take the doors roof off. Right. That's what I want to see. Yeah. I think the Sport's going to be a little bit smaller than the Bronco. To be honest, the Sport is indeed smaller. It is a compact SUV. Yeah. Okay. I think it's going after like the Jeep oh, Compass so. or one of, one of those smaller Jeeps. Um, yeah. But uh, if you're looking at me for my reaction on the Bronco, I, I'm, I'm on the fence. I mean, I'm I'm excited that there's uh, more competition in that yep. that off-road convertible market. Yeah. 
Um, is it something that I'm ready to buy this year or next year? Eh, not really. I mean, I like Jeeps. I would own one for like a third or fourth vehicle because like Tristan said, they're not that comfortable, not that practical. Um, it's a, the fuel mileage is ridiculous. They're slow. Yeah, it's a nice nice weather out. We're going to go for a ride with the yeah. doors off. It's yeah. not a, but now, other Jeep that, owners wave at you. I mean, that's got to be worth something. Oh, gosh, yeah. I get so annoying after a while. <laughs> Yeah, because then you then you feel like the asshole. Yeah, I miss them sometimes. Who didn't didn't wave back? Sorry, (laughs) like oh man. Yeah, or you see one. I'm not really a part of this tribe, am I? Yeah, you're like you're having a bad day, and like you see the other jeep coming. You're like, (laughs) God, got to wave and act happy for a second. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode two of our podcast. Services required. Very nice. Hopefully, we didn't offend anybody. The Alec. Don't worry, everybody. The parts that would have offended people, I've already cut out. So what you just heard is family-friendly. Um, we will be back doing this again. Uh, again, I'm Alec. Any topics that we can cover, definitely shoot them in. Or yeah. Is it possible? Yeah, any suggestions, more than happy to hear them. And can we talk Supers next time? Oh, yeah, we'll, oh God. yeah, we'll talk Supers, <laughs> supers next time. Supers and GTRs? Yes, wink, wink. Um, and Honda Preludes. We'll just play the movie in the background for seven <laughs> <laughs> point. No, I'll, I'm down. We'll talk whatever. Um, we'll, we'll figure out some topics. But yeah, I'm Alec. I'm Brandon. I'm Tristan. And I'm Matt. And this is Service Required. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>